This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. AM 950, it's the Matt McNeil Show for your Wednesday Matt, Brett, soon-to-be masters of the Chicago Metroplex. <laughs> Does this get us a free hot dog anywhere, man, if we do this, when we do this now? Hot dog. Chicago-style pizza. Uh, well, Chicago-style pizza. Oh, i got a place for you down there, too. Uh, if you're if you're going to wonder why, I'm about to start talking a heck of a lot more about Chicago food, which, come on, it's me. Uh, we get some great news for you. Starting Monday... We are going to be having uh, this hour, the 3 o'clock hour, is going to be broadcast, uh, not live, but in Chicago at 9 o'clock at night. So you're going to be able to listen to us uh, at our our new, do do we dare call it an affiliate, WCPT, the Progressive progressive Voice of Chicago. They are going to pick up our show, and it's going to be 9 o'clock prime time in Chicago. Yeah, we'll, we'll play your best favorite polka hits. And, uh, you know, and, and of course, you know, and, and, you know, give you great hot dog recipes that, you know, you're just not going to be able to find anywhere else. I mean, really, that's us. I mean, that really is actually us. If you want to know. <laughs> I'm for a good polka. Did you know that at our, okay, so we got married, my wife and I got married. We had, we didn't have a real, we had a small reception. We had a much bigger reception that summer with a nine piece accordion polka band. It was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic playing all the polka hits. And after and with the, the, the kegs of beer we had, it did not take long for the dance floor to fill up. Yeah, if you combine those together, that's probably it's, going to make a good party. It's, it is. Well, and a roast pig. And so, you know, hey, mazel tov. It, it, it was a fantastic day. I love it. I mean, polka is fantastic. I mean, there, Chicago-style pizza all over that. I do like that. And going back to your polka, that's better than typical cover bands you always get at weddings or something. I yeah. take polka, yeah. yeah. I, I, want, and I didn't want to do 80s, no. It's the final countdown, really? <laughs> really? Uh, with you. I, I, was at a, <laughs> I was at a wedding a long time ago, and the song that they sang during the service was There's Got to Be a Morning After, which if you don't remember... That was the song from the Poseidon Adventure, you know, the ship that got flipped over, everyone died. You know, really the the heartbreaking uh, song that you want to have at a wedding. Uh, (laughs) I am literally sitting there driving my fingers into my thighs, trying not to laugh my ass off. (laughs) Seriously. There goes Ernest Borgnine. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. So you, you, we, we are going to be. If you want to hear this, but in a different state, guess what? We've got you fixed. Actually, are we? How many states are we in? Are we in the tri-state metroplex over there? I mean, clearly Indiana. We, we get, we get. We're going to get Gary Indiana in there, right? Oh yeah, you will have Indiana. That's correct. Yeah, or Wisconsin. A, a little Minnesota. Wisconsin. Will it? Does it bounce across the waters to Michigan? Oh yeah, there you, we could be out of Michigan as well. 
See, this is this is my seven thousand year plan to radio dominance, and it's finally coming to fruition. Yes. Now, if we could only get Santa Fe, <laughs> maybe in twenty or so years. It's like I say, it's a slow rollout. It's 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 kind of how we do things here. So. Um, the uh, This is exciting. We are very excited. Glad to be part of that crew down there. Of course, this is the same station that gives us Santita in the morning. I uh, get us Patty Vasquez, Vasquez at night. So it's it's we're just really happy that uh, we're all being part of this. And so looking forward to it. Looking forward to being in Chicago. And I already know we've got about seven or eight Chicago folks who are regular watchers of the live stream. So this is going to be like more traditional radio. Only, let's face it, the picture will be better. You know, I've I've seen this image. It's face for radio, man. Face for radio. Speaking of which, Representative Dwayne Quam. Now, if you don't remember who this little bell of the ball is, um, (laughs) Dwayne Quam, who is it? Peter Griffin from Family Guy. (laughs) It's that guy. He could cosplay Peter Griffith in a heartbeat uh, easily. Um, he decided to come to my page and, well, be stupid. Well, you know, par for the course sort of thing. Yesterday, one of the stories I briefly touched on at the end of the three o'clock hour was the Rochester Public School. They, they, you know, they, they had a tax levy up, uh, for consideration on the last election and it failed mainly a lot because there was a lot of people that were working against it. I mean, it was a pretty low voter turnout, too. That's a little disappointing, but it was still – there are a lot of people that were working against it, and now the school is going to cut cut three different schools. They're going to shut them down completely, and things. it just is it, – it's, it's a mess. And I said yesterday that there's a lot of people who are like, you're going to make sure we defeat this tax levy, who are now going like, what do you mean they're going to close down the schools? What do you mean the class sizes are going to rise? Yeah, this is called consequences. And um, Rochester, is, you know, it's obviously a school district that needs help. But at the same time, it's, it's the pro- one of the problems it has is there's just enough right-wing loon balls down there that basically hate the idea of public education and, and you know, feel as if the lowest common denominator should always be the application. And that's kind of the case. Speaking of which, Dwayne, Dwayne Quam. And once again, you may know Dwayne from the classic rip the microphone away from his opponent during a debate because he didn't like what she was saying and then threw it back at her, which garnered national attention, by the way. I actually found a lot of national stories about that one because he embarrassed the entire state with his stupidity. And then earlier this year, I forgot about this one, too. Remember, he had a meltdown. He had a little temper tantrum in the in a, one of the, the uh, sessions because he did not – they weren't answering the questions as he demanded they do, which wasn't process, actually. He should have called for a recess and, actually, or, and basically I had asked the questions privately. He didn't do that. He basically – he threw a temper tantrum, which is kind of a theme here. Now, I don't know what he was up to last night. It has crossed my mind. Maybe he had a few in him. I don't know. But I want to just say this. If you're dumb enough to come to my page, yeah, you're about to get what you're about to get. So Peter Griffin, family guy, um, he starts off. Now, th- we're going to dissect this because 
This is really the three spires of Republican debate, how they do it today, how they try to win arguments, how do they try to do things. And he has presented all three of them magnificently for us because he's just that. You know, he just That's all he is. He's a cartoon character. That's all he is. He is family guy. He is. That's all he is. Including that really kind of unfortunate shit. You know, it's more of a trunk as opposed to a neck. I mean, it really kind of just molds down in there. Um, you think Chet at the end of Weird Science. Never mind. It's it's hard to explain. Um, God, that was cold. But you're going to get what you're going to get. Dwayne. So um, Dwayne responded initially to my, my post about Rochester, which once again, Rochester schools had a referendum and a tax levy here. And this is – and I want to make sure I explain this really quick. As a matter of fact, can you can you play that video I, I grabbed you? This is – it's unfortunately this did not pass. But this is a video that the Rochester Public Schools put out in regards to the tax levy. So it's about 90 seconds. Go ahead and play it. Rochester Public Schools is committed to securing our district's financial future. Over the past two years, we've cut over $20 million in expenses – while making crucial operational decisions. Now's the time to fund technology directly and redirect general fund dollars to maintain our current class size. Redirect, hear that. On November 7th, Rochester Public Schools will seek approval of a capital projects technology levy to generate about $10 million annually for a period of 10 years. When we look at other school districts we are often compared to, Rochester is well behind others when it comes to local tax support. Currently, $7 million from our general fund is allocated for technology. Okay. This levy would allow us to reallocate those funds okay. so we can keep class sizes at their current levels. The levy would also provide an additional $3 million per year to transform the way we use technology and support our strategic plan. If the referendum does not pass, we will face additional cuts of up to $10 million. Where they're at that right now. That means increased class sizes and cuts to key programs and services starting next school year. This investment would bring transformative technology that accelerates learning, supports teaching, and enhances school safety for the next decade. Learn all you can about the upcoming referendum. And don't forget to vote on or before November 7th. So the, you, you just heard that. That was the Rochester Public Schools. That was their little informational video they put out before the, the levy failed. You hear very clearly what they want to do is they want to take this chunk of money, 70% of it would go to the general fund. But, but you know, it would basically what it would do is it would free up money in the general fund to be used to maintain class sizes. And as a matter of fact, I took an, I went and did a little bit more of a deeper dive here. It was actually about security at various schools as well in the district that need to be upgraded. That was what this was about. So once again, school security, that's one of those big Republican things. You know, that's the, so this was what that was a good chunk of that money was for. That money was basically allocated out of the general fund from the technology portion of the general fund to those other areas. And this tax levy would basically go in and fulfill the technology element of it so that you see how it works. I mean, it was, it was called, you know, there were, there was a technology element to it. It was technology and, and um, maintaining standards tax levy. That was basically the, the words, but it was very clear that the majority of this money was actually going to be used on 
maintaining class sizes as well as also security for these buildings, a little bit for technology. Here comes Representative Family Guy. I can't do the whole voice. Vote said for technology upgrades. Reality, 70% was going into the general fund. Okay. Rochester Public Schools having enrollment decline. Just built a new school. Will not know if honestly would have pa- honesty would have passed. More schools and fewer students. Sounds like they would have been closing some of the schools anyway. So, first of all, he is a dumbass and a jackass. That's Dwayne Guam. Dumbass, jackass. He is. The first Republican debate method is to do something here, which he did. He made up what the other side said the referendum, the tax levy was for, and then criticized that side for the made-up quote that he made. I looked at a lot of different things. As a matter of fact, that's how I found that video. I was looking at Rochester Public Schools' comments about the tax levy prior to the election. And every one of them said part of this is going to go to technology, but part of this is going to go ease up funds in the general fund so that they can basically take care of class sizes and school security. Very clear. Dwayne strongly implies here that the only thing that they were going to be doing was they, they said we're going to be doing was technology. They never they, they, they he's implying that they kept the 70 percent of the general fund thing quiet. That's actually dishonest. You're the one that's making that up. And the fact that you go back, it's like we'll not know if honesty would have passed. They were being honest about it. Johnny Jackass. They were Dwayne. Mr. No Neck. They were. They were being honest about it. You basically just went against it. And as much as you want to sit there and say, well, they, they got a new school, they're closing three. So I get, you know, class sizes are going to rise. You're not going to be able to take care of the security issues there. Technology is going to suffer. Uh, so I, Dwayne seems really happy about this, that, that he's really happy that the Rochester public schools are going to be worse. Because it's kind of that whole thing is they all hate public school. And he worked for a public school, and so the fact that this guy would be so cheering of this and so happy that this is the outcome, I don't know. I don't know. Well, then I kind of came back at him. I said, well, <laughs> hey, I loved you in Family Guy. Uh, he, I said, you're high-fiving public schools getting worse like it's a successful accomplishment. Considering the people of this state don't want your party in charge of squad, I guess you fools have to look for your wins in the gutter. Proud day. Which then comes the second response from Dwayne. Wow, you didn't read the facts. Uh, Once again, what did he just do? He accused me of something which wasn't true and then criticized me for the made-up statement, I didn't read the facts. See, I can criticize you because you didn't read the facts. No, I read the facts. As a matter of fact, can I say this, Representative? It's kind of disturbing that I'm up here in Minneapolis-St. Paul, and I seem to know more about this referendum than you are. You're either intentionally being stupid or you're a complete dumbass. It's one of the two, possibly a combo platter. But you're either intentionally being stupid or you're just really, really stupid. And since you went to University of Texas, I'm going to go maybe the latter. That being said, oh, did it hurt your feelings here? Dwayne, going to have a temper tantrum? Anyway, um, here, I'll continue. 
Wow, you didn't read the facts. Also, I was the Byron School Board, the lowest per capita funded in the state, way below Minnesota average per pupil tax capacity, with several hundred, 100% grad rate recent years, far exceeding state average reading, math, and grade lights. Okay, now I will say this. First of all, your school is got the benefit as even it's a rural school, it's right next to Rochester. So it's kind of in a suburb of Rochester. It only has basically like 170 kids per grade. Uh, and I can't figure that out. I don't know what the pre-K enrollment numbers were because I went and took some time and I looked it all up. Uh, your 100% grad rate doesn't seem to make sense because Niche, which ranks schools, says it's at 95%. And it's been that way for the last five years. So I think you made that one up. Now it's pretty good at 95 Your reading percentage is better than state average, but you're at 60. You're not at like 100%. You're at like 60. You're slightly better than the rest of the state averages. Slightly. And you basically, uh, by the way, exceeding, far exceeding. No, you're not far exceeding. You're getting a D minus at best, dude. And then, of course, there's this whole per pupil tax capacity. Well, I mean, I guess, sure, you know, the kids basically, are they on chalkboards? Do they have, the, do they, do they have chalkboards in the classroom? Is that what your modern day technology is? I don't know. I will say is this is that it's it's stupid to sit there and say that you're going to go into Byron, a very small school district, and you can apply that to Rochester, a much larger school district, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And by the way, I can't tell how long ago you were on the Byron school board, but you weren't on the you, you want to take credit for the stuff that's going on now? Guys, it's, it, it, it kind of seems like you're trying to take credit for the stuff that's going on now. This would be the second form of Republican debate, deflection. Do you notice how none of this has to do with the Rochester School District? The fact that he himself doesn't really know what the Rochester tax levy was about, but talked authoritatively about it, criticizing people even though he he made up the, the argument against them. And before I can come back, one now all of a sudden that's a Byron School District, Byron School District. A dummy, uh, Quam, thick neck, you know, Sequoia, let me ask you something. Why are you applauding Rochester public schools getting worse? Why? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter all this other stuff that you're doing, this deflection. The reality is, is you proudly seem to be happy about Rochester schools getting worse. So either you're, you're intentionally stupid or you're really just stupid Maybe we're starting to edge closer to the just stupid side. Let's take a break. Come on back. I'll get to the third one. It's a better hoot when I come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Well, it was at this point I decided to go a little bit more for the jugular on Quam because it's such a large neck. I mean, it is huge. Like a humpback freaking whale, dude. Anyway, it kind of actually does. I mean, I'm, you got to see a picture of the guy. I mean, he really is. There. Uh, so I posted the image of, you know, because as, as I said, it's like, oh, stop trying to brag your way out of your failure. Stop trying to hide your anti-public school antics. And as far as decency, let's remember this classic. It tells exactly who you are. And I posted the story, which once again got a lot of national attention. Quam literally yanking the microphone out of Jamie Malberg's hand. And by the way, we had Jamie Malberg on the air afterwards saying, yep, he did it. And the video is pretty clear that he did it. 
And it's very important you hear the next thing. Quam apologized repeatedly for his actions. He repeat after he got caught doing that, he apologized, which would mean you would accept blame, which leads to this stunning tweet I got from Dwayne. You can't handle facts. Quick side note, dude, you, you didn't seem to understand the tax levy. I did. You seem to not understand it. And you're a representative down there. Come on, dumbass. Anyway, uh, here's where it gets hootie fun. So go to a doctored, edited video produced by a Bloomberg-funded professional video editor that was targeted by Bloomberg per uh, Strib article. The local people didn't fall for it. Many have graduate degrees or graduated from quality school. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. What are you talking about? You apologize for this video. Now you're talking about doctored, edited video. By the way, I did take some time. There's no story on the Star Tribune. I typed in Dwayne Quam doctored, Dwayne Quam video on the Star Tribune website, nothing there. There was one story about him doing it, and there was a link. Now, that story might have had something there, but the Star Tribune pulled that story down, which generally tells me something in the story was wrong. And so, no, there is no story that validates that this was a doctored, edited video, which it wasn't. It's you at the League of Women Voters debate yanking the mic away from someone and throwing it back at them. So, no, are, are you saying that wasn't you, Dwayne? I, I recognize that knack, man. <laughs> it's not exactly Sasquatch in the wild, dude. It was you. It, well, you at least apologized for it profusely. Uh, so I, I'm a little kind of surprised by that. The fact that you all of a sudden are now acting as if that wasn't you, that it was a doctored video. You're lying, which comes to the third one. Just make it up. Just make it up. <laughs> See, that was a doctor. Wait a minute. Wait a second. I also, Bloomberg, New York Bloomberg said to themselves, you know what we're going to do today? <laughs> Let's doctor a video and go after that guy running in that Minnesota house race. U.S. house race from Minnesota? No, 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 no. Not that. That would be too genius. No. Let's focus on a small town house Republican with a neck the size of an oak. Get that guy. <laughs> I don't think... You you might be the most paranoid human being on the planet if you think Bloomberg News is trying to thwart you with a doctored video, which once again, which is it doesn't seem to be doctored, and you apologize for repeatedly, dumbass. Okay, so officially, I, that's when I tweeted. So officially, you after you apologize, you now claim the video was doctored. Is that you didn't rip away the mic and you didn't throw it at her? That's what you're saying because we see that. And I also point out you know, that, that you think that you, Bloomberg News is coming after you. Um, and then, of course, there was the other incident where I posted the other incident of him throwing the uh, throwing a fit on the House committee. Basically, he's like, ah, blah, 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 blah. Um, needless to say, there is no more. Uh, you know, there there isn't. First of all, okay, let's let's just be honest. There is no value to this guy. 
He's not even educating himself on the issues of his district or neighboring districts. And he's basically accusing people who never said things of saying things and then criticizing those people for the things that he insisted they said, which they didn't. Then he deflects because he can't talk about the issues because it doesn't matter what you've done in Byron. You've got to talk about the Rochester School District. And you've, this, this got hurt by this tax levy getting beat. And now you're in this delusional fantasy land where you're saying it was a doctored video. Well, where's your proof, Dwayne? I couldn't find anywhere doctored video, Dwayne Guam. I couldn't find it. Dude, take the L, okay? You're not very good at this. I've met people who are better at this. You're not. You are a guy who thinks that you can just – that's a pretty good one, isn't it? That's, thank you very much. You think you can do that and actually that will equate debate. No. You're talking out of your league. And as a matter of fact, I'm embarrassed that you are a house rep in the state of Minnesota. That means a lot of really stupid people are looking at you at King Stupid there and saying, oh, let's put him up in the St. Paul area. You are not worthy of being in state government. You're not worthy of holding a spoon. Good luck, Dwayne. 952-946-6205. And thanks for listening. Uh, we'll take a break. Jeff Stein, when we do return, it's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. I can shut off this stereo. You got- Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff Steins, our national and presidential expert, noted author. You can find his books over at Next Chapter Books. Makes fantastic holiday gift-giving ideas, as well as also TotallyIowa.com. The Iowa Politics Report, the Iowa Business Report, come to us from KXEL, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where Jeff is based today. Hi, Jeff. So here's the thing, uh, great radio <laughs> listeners. Um, you know, I dial in yes. when Matt is doing the previous segment. Yes. And that is is so that I know what he's been talking about. If we have happy Matt, if we have angry Matt. Vindictive Matt uh, is always the best. Vindictive Matt is always the best. There's, there's no question, but somewhere <laughs> – and I, it sounds like it's Barnyard Animal Day in the studio. It, I mean, well, you, started, it, you started making these sounds, and I thought, is there a sheep in there? Well, no, <laughs> Dwayne, we're referencing Dwayne Quam, the representative from southern Minnesota, who got national attention because he was the guy that yanked the microphone out of the, his opponent's hand during a debate back in 2018, and he got national coverage for that. <laughs> he just, a League of Women Voters debate. Yeah, okay, nice look. Um, well, so so you, were, you were doing, you know, and again— impression Matt. Oh, yes. Matt who does impressions is tremendous and and I wasn't sure if you were impersonating a Republican politician or if it was a sheep or a goat. It's, I wasn't it's sure. Peter Griffin from Family Guy. <laughs> It's not you know, pretty the close. Fact that you have to tell us that. Yeah, it's, is, well, uh, it's uh, you. Know, and now we understand why the improv career never went anywhere. Uh, well, you know, uh, again, I dial in on this uh, newfangled streamyard thing so I can see Matt, yeah. and you can watch this on the Facebook. 
and I'm always worried because it's the commercial break before I come on. Matt looks at the screen, mouths the words, hi, Jeff, and then grabs his phone and starts, you know, mashing away at it. And I have no idea what's about to come, if I'm going to get a ribald text, if if he's doing research to... Hit me for the. I, I have no idea, but I I take no solace in uh, in seeing Matt say hi, Jeff, and then he grabs his phone. Well, it's it's that, and it's then, and it's it's impressions. You know, I am uh, I'm like a Swiss Army knife. I I can be used. By the way, uh, just to let you know, you know, you and I are going to be in Chicago starting next week, right? <laughs> I'm not going anywhere well, with no, you. Well, why, why wouldn't you? I mean, I'm not saying we room together. It's not going to be planes, trains, and automobiles. But I mean, we we could, uh, you know, we go. To, we're we're going to be in Chicago. They're going to be airing the three o'clock hour on I the. I didn't know that. You didn't. I I didn't know that was a for sure. And by the way, before I forget, let me use this phrase: "Those aren't pillows." <laughs> Uh, you, see game, you see that Bears game, by the way? <laughs> you see that Bears game, by the way? <laughs> see, I tied it into Chicago. Do you see how I did that? Yes, that's why yes. That's why this three-ring circus is is going to the Windy City. Oh, they deserve this. They do. They do. They do. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be more – it will be more of us only in two major metropolitan areas. So good news there. Uh, I so actually, you've got 20% of the top 10 markets in the country. Find me another broadcaster who can claim that. Uh, okay. Really? I, I can get you a pretty long list, actually. <laughs> I, hey, maybe I you've seen me on C-SPAN. <laughs> I think it's a pretty big accomplishment. And yes, your New Year's Day hangover C-SPAN appearance no doubt solidified that you cracked two of the top ten markets in the country. It's go. a compliment for Thank crying you. out loud. I'm Thank not you. on them. Oh, trust me. It's. I mean, I, I'm going to bring you in. If this this ship sinks, we're going down together, man. So, <laughs> so boy. Uh, I got two international ones for you first because we haven't talked a lot of international news because there's been so many things. And we'll come back to uh, you know the 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 jettison in the U.S. House coming up here in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I'm wondering, what do you do? There's a story that's kind of been in the background here. Um, in Canada, India basically coordinated an assassination of a Sikh separatist up there. Uh, there now, U.S. authorities have charged a man from India in a plot to kill a Sikh separatist here in New York City. They're being – I mean I read up a little bit on this and it's, it's clear, clearly that this seems to be coordinated by the Indian government. Um, Canada is livid to say the least about th- this assassination that happened in Vancouver there. What do you? What do we do when you have a country who's an ally, and you know, but is is being so clearly just you know they they this this is something they're caught red-handed at at this point. Well, it's not the first time. No, I mean this is the problem, and, and by that I mean um, we have a lot of allies who act in certain ways we're not very happy with, but they still fall within allies because they still do us more good than harm. In other words, to be allied with them. Okay, so for example, uh, pick a nation that doesn't treat its citizens very well, but we need them because we need bases on their property. Mm-hmm. Okay, we overlook an awful lot that otherwise we shouldn't. What I'm finding, though, I think this this is to the broader point. Folks in this world today are just more obvious about what they do with less care for how it looks. Or, you know, it's a, it's a devil-may-care attitude. You know, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to write us off? 
And and so it's governments, it's individuals, it's et cetera. And, and that's, uh, that's a frightening thing because, you know, our, our allied relationships are not 100%. They are not pure. But it seems, you know, the, the, the trend is that we're willing to overlook more because of there's still a, a benefit as opposed to a, a net detriment. When we look back at presidents, and this is not a Democrat or Republican thing. I mean, you look at Kennedy, no. Kennedy, the Cuban Missile Crisis. He basically said, "Not even, not we, we weren't. Cuba is not even our land, but you're not even going to get close to us. We're not going to allow you to do this." Reagan right. they, goes to the the Berlin Wall and basically tear down this wall. You know, you you used to stand up to things, and not just in our country and protect our borders, but as well even ex, you know expand out our thought processes to other countries. We've had, you know, I don't think it was necessarily really bad for, you know, you know, W with the Iraq war wasn't helpful. I mean, you know, we got attacked. We got attacked by, um, you know, Saudis and the Taliban. So we're going to go attack Iraq. But, you know, it's it, you know, that, that there is a lot. There seems to have gotten to a point now, you're exactly right, that this is a, you know, well, sure, they might murder a journalist or send someone into our country to assassinate someone. But, you know, at the end of the day, we need that crude oil, so we're not going to complain too much. Is it really that simple? Is it really that easy for America just to, for the government nowadays to for forego who we are as a people in our own borders and our own desires to basically, as long as they have cheap microchips, we don't care? You should have saved that deep insight for Chicago because that was really good on your part. Um, but there is no off button on the genius switch, right? So you can't. You, you, you physically cannot hold back. You're a giver to the audience. I'm a Teddy Ruxpin doll with dying batteries, man. <laughs> man, all these references I do not. I am going to – Brett, can you send me a list of uh, of things and, that he likes to bring up so I can get a little – Yeah, little we need a cheat education. sheet for you, I think. Uh, okay, well, fine. All right. Okay. okay all right, it's, Grandpa. It's, it's it's in a book called McNeil for Dummies, and I'll just skip to the middle chapter. Actually, it's Dummies for McNeil. It's, 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 a, it's a, more of a family album. Anyway, no, I don't want to go into that. I, I, I think that's more of the political action committee supporting your uh, DFL run for Congress. But, um, oh, dear Lord. No, here's – we are – not sure of who we are as a nation. Let's let's start with that. I mean, that's the serious point. You brought you set it up very very well, and, and I I made light of it just for the moment. But no, you set that up very well. You say, is this? Are we as Americans just this as America easily led? It's like, oh well, we'll let you get away with anything as long as we have chips. What do we stand for as America? And I say that in light of the number of people in this country who are pro Hamas. I did not say pro-Palestinian. There's a difference. Yes. All right. But, but, you know, you look at that and you say, where did this come from? What, you know, so so truly, who are we? Or the Nazis. Or the well, people, yes. the Nazis, actual Nazis showing up. So where the heck did this come from? And, and so this is where to to properly answer your very appropriate question, we have to first figure out, well, who are we as Americans at this point in time? The broader issue of what do we do at this point is at, at some point we have to uh, draw a line that says, you know, you can do a lot of things to us, but this is the line too far. Now, let, let use the oil example. When America was energy independent, quote unquote, you could tell the Saudis to go stuff it. Well, now we have a little different situation for a whole host of reasons. Some are pandemic related, supply chain, whatever. 
So you, you find yourself in a bad position. You know, how much of American debt does China control? Makes it hard for us to, uh, to, to really put the screws down on Xi. I mean, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that makes this not as simple as it used to be. Is part of this too, though, the world has changed and it is so much yeah. more of a the borders just don't exist. The business is economy, music, film, television, everything. It, 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 there isn't any walls anymore in regards to this. It's everywhere. So it's, it's just not with the modern society we have. We can't look at the template from, say, 1984 or before and say it can be applied today. Well, sure, because you have a much more, and that's, again, a very, that's a Chicago-worthy point as well. It's because you've the economy is so interconnected, much more than it even was 40 years ago, yeah. okay? So you've got global economic issues. You also have, and this really started, I would say, with the fall of the Berlin Wall in 89, which was contemporaneous with Tiananmen Square, where... Yeah. It was one thing for these nations that wanted to clamp down on their people to do it when you did not have communication that transcended borders. And once you get the Internet and the fact that every person with something that used to be called a phone but is now a global communication device and they start posting videos on any manner of uh, formats and, by the way, easily doctored. Video, So now you can't even trust it. So we're flooded with this stuff. There are no borders in terms of communication. And so therefore, uh, it, it just complicates all of the old issues. I mean, for example, when you're driving into the state of Iowa, okay, yeah. you get behind the uh, the wheel of the Subaru there, right? It is Subaru, right? No, it's a, a, Toyota, a Toyota Sienna, my friend. Well, I forgot the spot. I'm sorry. That's just my, <laughs> my mistake. Add that to the list, Brett, and I'll paste it here on the screen. <laughs> but when you're taking your Toyota Sienna yeah. and you're making your way into Iowa, you don't have to actually be in Iowa to hear my radio station. You can hear it in southern Minnesota. I don't care what kind of border security we may have between Iowa and Minnesota, and Lord knows it's necessary, but the signal transcends. Okay, when you've got the Internet, I don't care how much China tries to censor it and how big tech plays along for financial reasons, you're still getting things across. And so that makes all of these dynamics much more difficult than simply to say, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. By the way, quick side note to you, if you want a great Christmas station, uh, is it 2FM out of Ireland? I mean, this this is the world we live in. Fantastic Christmas music. Just fantastic. So they, and they're, I, I, I listen to it all the time, and it is great. Uh, another international story here I want to talk about. Pope Francis, he is now cracking down on these far-right uh, cardinals and bishops in the United States. He went and removed one from power in Texas. He's now gone after Cardinal Raymond Burke. These are cardinals that when it was John Paul II or Benedict, it was the Pope is the highest voice in the land. We can't go against him. But now it's Francis. They've been very openly against him. And Francis, Pope Francis is clearly tired of it, and he is he is – purging the, the at least the, the Catholic Church here, it seems to be he's starting to purge the far-right people who are working against his agenda from their ranks. And, and, and your thoughts on that a little bit? Well, I hate to tell the Catholic Church what to do because I have no insight into it, but last I knew, the Pope and whatever he said, that was it. That, yeah. that you know, 
Now, I know a lot of people don't like, and wasn't it this Pope who, who said uh, we don't need so much Latin and we need to modernize the church, we need to do a lot of these things? Well, that didn't sit well with some of the old guard. I find it interesting there are a lot of analysts based in this country who are really upset about the purge because they were under the impression that those of the cloth were um, did not have a political agendas, shall we say. Well, it's pretty clear that when you have an agenda that is the opposite of your boss, I mean, how would it be at AM 950 if all of a sudden you started espousing viewpoints that were contrary to the goal of the station and the, and the core audience? That's not going to end well. So, I mean, the fact that you have, and, and the, here's the other thing. The Pope is, what, 86 years old, I believe, and mm-hmm. not in the best of health. Um, I wonder if some of this is short game as opposed to long game. In other words, when you begin the position, when you accept the call, and you think you have 10, 15, 20 years, uh, you might look at things differently as opposed to someone who's 86 who does have some some health challenges. And it's a sense of, I feel very strongly about these things, and I'm, you know, time's a wasted mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, and, and it is one of those things where when the Pope was a, a conservative, these same people are like, you can't go against what the Pope says. And then all of a sudden now it's – and this shows – I mean when you look at the, the, the Pope as a whole, I mean it, this is kind of one of those things where the, the more progressive side of the, the Catholic Church, they're really the guys that kind of focus on the Gospel of Matthew sort of thing, that they're kind of becoming the majority, particularly in, in Africa, particularly in South America and Central America. And those are the ones who are basically driving to pick less and less conservative popes. I don't think that that changes anytime soon. So the question then becomes, you know, does eventually the Catholic Church split again? Um, you know, you know, and and some you end up getting, a, you know, there's going to be this conservative Trump version of Catholicism and versus the traditional version of Catholicism. Well, and and you're having a similar issue uh, certainly in the state of Iowa, the Iowa Conference of the United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conference as a whole took a position that. Uh, there cannot be gay marriage, and et cetera. And that has led a number of individual churches to splinter off, to uh, leave, uh, because their agenda is more progressive, quote-unquote, than the agenda of the conference uh, as a whole. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that, that has always struck me, and again, I, you know, I'm going to get struck down for this, when... Religion is based on faith, and it is based on doctrine, but how does it just change? How do you have, if you will, conservative bishops and popes as opposed to more progressive ones? You know, you know, sort of, I guess it's all interpretation, right? Well, it's, you know? I'll, I'll, I'll answer that question for you, and then we've got to get into a break, but it comes down sure. to this. If, if polit- politicians are willing to welcome in church leaders, guarantee you all of a sudden the doctrine matches the political party that they're getting welcomed in by. And that Absolutely. is kind of, and that is kind of the, 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 the deal that's going on here. And plus the fact that I think there's a lot of churches. Be. Well, should and, it be? That's the key. Because well, to no, me, it if it, well, exactly, exactly. And so that's the part where I'm, you know, here, a poor backslider here saying, I thought there was like this, this is the path. Well, how can you now go a different direction? And, and that's the confusing part. And maybe, mm-hmm. Gee, maybe that's why participation in organized religion in this country is at an all-time low it, it's, because of the co-opting by 
high politics. There have been studies that have shown ever since churches went far right conservative, they have been kind of invoked the Republican Party as part of their official doctrine. That that's when the, that's when people pews started getting empty, and mm-hmm. so and I can I, trust me I can get some Franciscan uh, Catholic priests that can talk to you about this and what they have seen and it's it is you know it's not a surprise you're turning you're, you win more people with honey than you do with vinegar let's just put it that way uh, let's take a break come on back George Santos his next vote on whether he gets to stay we'll talk about that to wrap up the visit Jeff Stein joining us on a Wednesday nine five two nine four six six two zero five it's the Matt McNeil show right here on AM nine fifty. The progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us for his Wednesday visit. Uh, George Santos gets his third uh, hole punched in his uh, his card there. Uh, as there's going to be another vote to remove him from office. Uh, this time, though, is expected to ex- succeed because the the findings of the investigation show that he's rotten to the core. Um, first of all, I mean, it's it, do you have any doubt that he's going to go this time around? I have no doubt. I have concern that there's no conviction, but I have I mean, he has no convictions. Um, but he also <laughs> has not been convicted of a crime and no member of the House has ever been tossed until there has been either you're a Confederate general or uh, convicted of a crime. So I'm squishy on the on the premise. Uh, but uh, you've got, I think, 90 Republicans who say uh, toss him. So, you know, the. I think I think uh, the Speaker of the House is probably going to make a deal with the Democrats that say, all right, we'll we'll give him up. But you guys help me if Matt Gates gets squirrely again. Well, and, and, and by the way, that's another interesting point. It seems like the targets are starting to form in on Matt Gates, and I don't know how long he's going to survive. It does sound like was it McCarthy said today that there is some pretty bad stuff in his dossier. That he has been made aware of. Now, this could be McCarthy basically just being bitter. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm kind of got some questions whether Matt Gates is going to survive being in, in the U.S. House. Well, here's the thing. Gates came out publicly in support of Santos today. Make that of that what you will. <laughs> Who doesn't love volleyball? Uh, <laughs> it's a fine sport. I, well, I, I, you know, it, it is – I think your point about him getting expelled without a conviction, the reality is it just shows you how dirty he is. I mean, this isn't just one guy like, you know, the the, the savings and loan scandal seems quaint compared to all the stuff this guy has been caught doing now. I mean, Jim Traficant should have been thrown out for his bad toupee. (laughs) Never mind the conviction for crying out loud. And and the problem is – See, the, the Santos issue is so bad because they didn't vet his resume. It's their fault that they put him up. He got elected, and they didn't do anything. And and so I think there are a lot of, especially freshman Republicans, are like, <laughs> no, let's just get rid of him so we can run for re-election cleanly. Well, and by the way, there is no guarantee that Republicans won't win that seat back because the New York Democratic Party is an absolute mess right now. So uh, we re-air this interview on the weekends. Listen for that. Jeff Stein, of course, will get the Iowa Politics Report posted a little bit later on. Thanks, Jeff. Hour two, that's up next. I don't think there's a safe pizza ranch buffet tonight in southern Minnesota, man. After what I did to Dwayne Quam, I quit talking about pizza ranch. You're making me hungry. Oh, no. I like pizza ranch, yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Peter Griffin is going to be heading to a town near you. I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Does he like Pizza Ranch? I don't know. I don't know anything about the guy outside. He decided to try to pick a fight with me. Well, and he really seems to have some real freaking anger issues, you know. But hey, sure, you're a dream. Uh, nine five two nine four six six two five. By the way, coming up in a little bit, I am a prophet. I am a prophet. You will understand this in a little bit here. Now, let's get to our dreary, depressing part of the second here. Let's talk about COVID. Dr. Joe Eastman is kind enough to join us. This is our COVID modeling specialist. And, you know, I, I there's going to be a day when I'm going to have Dr. Joe on just to talk about the NBA because he does love his Timberwolves action. And I look forward to that. We, we don't have to talk about these other things. But unfortunately, we do still have to talk about COVID because it's getting bad again. Dr. Joe Eastman, he has worked with NASA. He's worked with the LTER. He's worked with Colorado State University. He's per- currently part of uh, the University of Texas Austin modeling uh, COVID modeling team, as well as also are you, the WHO. Is you working with them, too? Yeah, the World Health Net- Network, WHN. 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 He's out there. He's in demand, and he's in Grand Rapids as well. Uh, it is Dr. Joe, kind enough to join us right now. Hi, Dr. Joe. Hello, Matt. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. You want a sign of the time? I, I had to go to get a, a checkup on the old back today. And so I went in there, and I'm in there, and something happened that's never happened. I was in a... In a, a doctor's office they came in you know how they have that hazardous uh, the hazardous material drop box for like needles for inoculations they oh, had yeah, they, yeah. they have one of those things the guy came in and it's like yep i gotta i gotta replace this and said boy that must not be that often he goes it's every two days during the season because they're getting so- the good news is a lot of people are getting in to get their flu and covid shots right now but there's a reason why we need to get everyone in and get their flu and covid shots right now exactly it's uh, it's it's ramping up even here in Minnesota. The Midwest is a, the current hot spot of nationwide, um, and uh, you're also seeing the RSV and influenza starting to come up too. And uh, there is a driver behind all of this. <laughs> the well, is there okay? So let's actually, I want to get back to that. What you just said there. There's a driver behind both of those. But let's talk about BA two. Eight six. This is the variant of that we are we're kind of dreading right now. It has uh, increased threefold in the United States in recent weeks. Said federal tracking has shown. You know, you and I have talked. We haven't talked about this before. Where exactly did uh, BA two eight six? Do you have any idea where it originated from? Uh, oh gosh, I should know that off the top of my head, but I don't at the moment. Okay, I'd have to go back and look at it. But um, yeah, it's. It's a it's partially you know part of the uh, BA two original sequence that raised a little havoc here in the country. So um, it's acquired so many new spike proteins though with this new mutation and uh, and uh, is come into uh, nine different strains now that are dominating the JN one through JN dot nine. Uh, primarily JN.1 and JN.4 have already wreaked havoc in Europe. Um, if you look at the tracking date on that, you can't even see Europe underneath all the, all the dots right now. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, just, uh, reaching, uh, some peaks in the East Coast, particularly New York and the, the Northeast area of the country. And, and it's in the Midwest. And we also have a new uh, recombinant uh, called XDD, which is a recombinant of the of this uh, J1 
JN1 and EG5. Remember that? Mm -hmm. That's the one that just recently dominated for so long. So uh, this is spreading a lot faster than we thought it was going to originally. And uh, the new uh, mutations have also increased its its transmission, but uh, it still has a, a really strong affinity for binding to the ACE2 protein sites. So that's why it uh, gets in your body and it's hard to get rid of right now. You had, you had kind of alluded to this earlier. You had said that there's a there's a common driver between the increase in flu and this increase in this new COVID. Is it just the holidays? Is it the fact that I mean, we had a bunch of people over at our house for Thanksgiving? Is it is it now just is is that the real big? I mean, you're not going to stop it, but the reality is 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 that just kind of the the acceptance is the fact that once we start getting family get-togethers over the holidays, is that that's when this stuff really takes off. Yeah, I guess I should have said drivers, not mm. driver. Um, that's that's one of them. Uh, you know, the kids going back to school, and shortly after we saw the, this most recent increase in the in the uh, it, it's the HV one mutation that uh, is currently dominating, and that took over from EG five. But that was right after school started, and then we had the Labor Day. Uh, holiday get together and that spreads things around a little more. So we had a little peak after that. And then it kind of slowly started, uh, trickling down a little bit. And now it's coming right back up as the, the weather turns colder and, uh, everyone, all the kids are back in school. And, and, uh, the other driver that I'm referring to is called immune deficiency. And, um, what the, uh, I guess I, I can explain this in very simple terms in terms of your immune system. There's a, there's a humoral uh, immune, immunity that uh, recognizes the antibodies and, and, uh, and teaches your B cells uh, to, to fight back. Um, and then there's another kind of immunity called cell-mediated immunity, and that doesn't depend on the antibodies and uh, is driven by the, your mature T cells and macrophages and, and the release of cytokines. Um, what has happened is this darn virus has mutated so much that it's found out how to disrupt both of those uh, immunity pathways. And uh, our, our immune deficiency is what I call it. Our immune systems are just under assault, and, and uh, it's often referred to now in some circles as airborne HIV in a sense. Um, because it's, it's destroying our immune systems. And we are not, uh, we're weakened to the point where all of a sudden everything else is going to take off um, from, uh, you know, from the flu vaccines and, and uh, things like that are, are, are on the increase. But you're looking at, at skin infections, 24% higher. Uh, UTIs, almost 40% higher. Bacterial infections, 43% higher. Fungal infections, 21% higher. Parasitic infections, 82% higher. And viral infections, 4.4 times higher than they were before. Intestinal um, infections, one and a half times higher. I mean, it's impacting all facets of our life right now. And that's what's got me so freaked out at, at, at currently right now. And I saw this coming like over two years ago. So if I can kind of just, I mean, maybe just dumb this down even a little bit more. It's so what you're saying is this, is that 
So if you had COVID and your body has got antibodies, it doesn't matter. This new variant will work its way through the system. Is it the same for if you've got these vaccinations? Is that it doesn't really matter? It's just this thing is designed to to weed its way through any kind of protective system that we already have? You got it. Um, wow. That's, it, it, you know, the, the vaccines are good because they, they will tend to reduce the severity and, and also hospitalizations. That's, that's why you don't see hospitals overwhelmed right now because – over 60% of the people are walking around and they don't even know they have it right now because their immune system, the response is not there. You don't have all the symptoms going on and everything. So that's the really scary part. You know, people may have good intentions, but boy, if you don't know you got it, uh, why would you change anything? (laughs) Well, and and this goes back to then, we we can piggyback this back then on the 60% it's asymptomatic that that's why it's so dangerous when you're looking at family get-togethers, football games, basketball games, hockey games, you know, going to the mall, the shopping season. You know, it's it, – I think that that's the thing which is kind of somewhat terrifying is that we have a lot of people that just think to themselves, well, it's asymptomatic and not going to have a problem. But they don't realize that 40 percent by your own math then, 40 percent of the people that you run into are not going to be asymptomatic. And they're going to get this. And that could be family members, could be anyone else. I know. That's why we all got to work together and kind of have a multi-layered attack pattern here, you know, instead of being so reactive with our uh, vaccines once a year, we come out with a new monovalent booster this time or a bivalent booster. But, boy, it's, it's, this is not the way to win the battle. And uh, I just did a recent modeling study where if 100% of the people wore masks right now, N95s, we could drop this thing down to a trickle. If you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even know it's around. Of course, once you take the mask off, everybody's going to it's going to rise up again. But I mean, I'm just it just points out the need for people to be masking and having good air filtration systems in our public gathering places and private businesses and and things like that. Which I'm I'm seeing more movement towards that, and that's encouraging. All schools should have the, the retrofitted. Uh, air filtration systems right now it's just ridiculous that our, our kids are being subjected to this right now well it's a, it's an epidemic of inconvenience you know it's just i don't want to be inconvenienced and so a pandemic is something that i'm i'm willing to tolerate as long as i don't i don't get mildly inconvenienced and i think that that's part of the problem it does seem like though and you have been fairly critical of the CDC and the White House and the way that they've kind of dropped their, their the ball ever since, you know, really since, you know, kind of beginning of 2022. They really haven't been on the ball as much as possible. It does seem like a lot of people are reeling back and saying, OK, we, this is not over now because of this new variant and these new things that they're they're seeing something coming down the road that tells them this is going to get bad. You're you're right. I mean, uh like even something as simple as the newsletter, I, I've noticed all kinds of new. I get new subscribers every day now. Uh, people are starting to wake up, I think, a little bit to this and realizing, hey, this this is not going to go away uh, mm-hmm. unless we we really uh, all get together and and uh, you know as one fight this thing and and beat it back. Uh, at least give us more time, you know, through masking and the the air filtration systems and 
and watch out. Be careful at your public gatherings and your holiday parties and things like that. Uh, you can even wear a personal air filtration device. It, it might look kind of strange, but uh, they're very effective devices. Um, you know, have people test before they come over for a big family gathering and things like that. And that will buy us some time because I think we're probably, you know, three to four years away from a, a universal vaccine, we hope. Uh, there's a lot of progress made on that front right now, and uh, it, that is encouraging part of it. Um, but we don't have any treatments, really, for people that do get it. Uh, China's been treating people with HIV drugs for over two years now to uh, help mitigate the, the, the seculi of the, the infection and, and post-seculi. So uh, these are all, there's all kinds of factors that we got to consider and, and respond as one. Uh, to. Well, and you, talk, you talked about it, it, it's airborne HIV. I mean, it, 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 that's a terrifying th- thought process considering what they, you know, HIV was doing to people. Have the Chinese, have, they, they, so they've discovered that HIV treatments are helping with people that are getting COVID? Um, well, it, it, it's kind of hard to assess because, you know, they're, they're kind of a close society yes. in so many ways. And they don't give us the data that we really need. But, uh, yeah, I, it, it, it can't hurt. I mean, we got Paxlovid now. That's our way of treatment, and there's a couple other treatments that we can use, you know. But kids can't have Paxlovid. They're, they're not old enough, and it's not approved for them. So, um they're the ones that are really ramping up with the influenza and the RSV right now, too. That's that's frightening. And uh, it's driven because most of the kids have already had a COVID infection, and their immune system has taken a battering, and we continue to allow it. So, uh, yeah, I hate to have grim news, but <laughs> it's reality as far as I can see it. Dr. Joe, you last time, one of the last times you were on with us, you talked about, you know, try to get this vaccine. This one seems to be better. I, I, I'm going to. I don't know how, where you're going to go with this, but uh, is there one of the vaccines that, if you have an option, you you should try to seek out that COVID vaccine as opposed to other ones? Um, you know that, that that is a really good question, and a new uh, study just came out with all all the different types of vaccines and how they respond to um, the, the variants. But the they only the study only went up through XBB one dot five. Um, my initial response was Novavax uh, appeared to be, be the best at the time. And now when I look at this study, um, it's all pretty much on equal footing in, in terms of the uh, efficacy of the different vaccines. So um, I, I don't know. I, I have trouble with uh, they're, they're starting to get more, uh, what would you call it, concern about uh, immune system imprinting where we keep giving ourselves this, these uh, uh, mRNA vaccines, and uh, it's, it loads, uh, uses up a lot of our, our cells for specific variants, so to speak. And um, that's what their memory is going to be for for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's a little concerning. It's, it's still in a research phase, so you know. We got to sit back and wait, kind of, uh, as more data comes in to uh, really truly assess that type of uh, mechanism. 
why don't you give us a little bit of a lay of the land on the long COVID? You and I have talked about that. I don't think we talked about it the last few times. Um, I know it's still out there. It's still a, a big thing. And, it's, of course, the, the damage that's being done to people's immune system and minds because of this long COVID. Um, where is it standing at? Is, are, are the, do you see if the numbers are, are getting less on long COVID or is it pretty much staying the same? It's um, the, the most recent data I have is is still around the ten uh, percent figure wow. that are uh, people. But you know, as long as their immune systems under this assault, like it is right now, that darn virus can sit sitting deep inside your tissues of different organs. And you know, the, I I was just looking at some brain scans, and and they look just like. The person had aged like ten or fifteen years. Wow! Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's really scary stuff that's going on, and and uh, there's you know the the different cardio types of of uh, problems that are arising from long COVID. Um, if you go onto the WHN site, there is a fantastic resource for looking at long COVID, and I think we got like two hundred and forty five different symptoms of it up on that site. And it, it will point you to the research and literature and, and all kinds of information about the, the long COVID. So um, there's one other thing on the, the WHN site that I, I hope people will, will go. And what it is is you uh, your local hospital, you find out what their masking policy is, and then you go into this website and uh, you you type in what what's going on where it is and the hospital name and such and what they're they're uh, they're they're doing to to fight the spread of the different uh, pathogens so uh, you know i referred to that in the hip hip pack uh stuff that we talked about a couple yeah. of weeks ago and um we really need more of that data so we can push the hospitals to all of them having masks at all times, and not surgical masks, N95s. So, so those are. Uh, can I ask you yeah. this? I mean, from what you describe, and you know, maybe this is so lame and it's 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 way off base, but could we, due to long COVID, have people? I mean, we we don't know the long term effects of this, but you say it ages people internally that they're, you're seeing this. Is it possible that we could start seeing people say pass away at 48, 50 years old of old age? Because they had all, long COVID, uh, you know, conditions that that basically were prevalent within their system. Uh, well, we'll notice that their memories for sure. But yeah, we, we can have organ failure. You're starting to see more wow. mortality among the uh, younger generation right now, and uh, it's because of this organ failure and our immune systems being driven down. And I just right. saw a study that you know the original SARS one. Remember that one? Yeah, it was back in. Uh, gosh, twenty years ago or something. Yeah. Uh, people still have long, long symptoms, long-term symptoms from that. Eighteen years later, I guess it is. So yeah, two thousand five. So uh, yeah, this is something. That it, it's going to hang around you the rest of your life for, uh, in some cases, depending on what what the long long-term uh, post-secular outcome is. So okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. I'm going to let you have some positivity here in a second here, but let's, let's make sure we give, give out the advice. Once again, as you've been saying, if you're going to a large gathering, Hey, everyone getting tested beforehand, not the worst idea. Having a mask, not the worst idea. Everyone should clearly get vaccinated for both the flu and for the COVID shots that are available right now. Correct. You got it. That's, that's right. Spot on. 
All right. Uh, you are a T-Wolves fan, right? <laughs> you bet. I, I coached basketball for about 30 years, so I I love my hoops. <laughs> well, I got Broadcorp as my Vikings guy. You're now my T-Wolves guy. Best in the West oh. right now. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. How about that game last night against OKC? That was that they they kind of took. Although that was only a three point game, they kind of looked really good in a lot of those points. I mean, OKC put in a good fight, but they I, I don't think I really felt like Minnesota was going to lose that game. Hey, you know what? It's so fun to watch them now because I don't sit there and bite my nails every game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, they're going to be just fine, you know. And, I think Anthony Edwards could be the next Michael Jordan. I think that kid is fantastic. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna see if I can get Ant give you an autograph for all your good work that you've done over these years. I'm gonna see what I can pull off for that. Okay. Oh my God! I, I jumped through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, Joe. We need you back here in a few oh, weeks. All right. <laughs> so, um, right. Uh, Dr. Joe Eastman. Uh, once again, there is a there is a newsletter. I will make sure I link to this. If you're not following him, follow him there. Link. Look for that link. Follow. Subscribe. And this is the information that you need. And as you can hear, it's it's not over, and it is it is still pretty scary out there. But Dr. Joe, I really appreciate it because. There's just too many people that are ignoring this stuff right now. We need to keep talking about it. You stay safe, man, and uh, protect everybody and inform them. Just what you're doing right now helps a lot. All right. (laughs) You take care. Dr. Joe Eastman, kind enough to join us. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. You may not like it, but I think you need to start looking at it far more like the flu. Only, as opposed to getting a flu shot, I mean, once again, I've, I've talked about the story. I got the flu once. I didn't take it seriously to get a flu shot. I got the flu, and man, was I sick. Holy cow. Uh, that put me on the ground, and I was, you know relatively young and still in shape when that happened and i was just wiped out and i've never missed a flu shot since because i went through it once i'm like okay now i get it and it's easy to understand that if someone has a bit of a compromised healthcare system or a health system or an immune system or they're elderly or something like that i can see how flu is deadly so you gotta you gotta take that seriously you need to understand that covid is not going to go away it just is not. It's worldwide. It's going to be everywhere. And there are going to be continue to be these spikes. And you can say to yourself, I know that the heartless human beings out there are going, well, 60% don't feel a thing. I don't think that's a problem until it's half your family that's sick. And all of a sudden you're like, why isn't the government helping me? Well, I can't tell you, I do not want to go through this again. I don't. Trust me, I don't. Having to have people constantly yell at me about, how dare you continue the COVID lie? And I just sort of say, how, what, you know, the same people who scream about whatever happened to decency in America, you say, okay, well, we got a pandemic going on. We should, everyone should get inoculated and wear face masks. How dare you violate my rights? I mean, that, 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 I might talk a little bit about the, the Lindell story from uh, Dina Winter yesterday, but the one the thing about the, the IRS lien on his house because he bought all this fake COVID, you know, medicine that w- does not work, 
And then he tried to ship it off to some foreign country as a donation. And the IRS is like, no, we're not going to do this. And so, yeah, I, I can't help stupid. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of people in red parts of this state who are crushed under medical debt. Medical debt occur- incurred via COVID to their friends their, or to their family, their parents, their wives, their husbands, their kids. COVID, you know, did a number on them. People were in hospitals, were, were there, and they don't have the money anyway. And now they're looking at massive amounts of debt. And you'd think that at that point they would say, okay, yeah, clearly that I was I – was, no, they don't. I don't want anyone getting sick. I don't want anyone dead. And I don't want anyone bankrupt for the rest of their life with medical debt. I don't want those things. I don't, I don't care if you're the most far-right Republican in the state. I don't want you dead. I don't want you, 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 you're, you sick. And I don't want you bankrupt for the rest of your life because of medical debt. I don't. You may look and say, I wish all those things happened to you. Matt McNeil. Well, fine. That's the difference between us. I'm somewhat mildly Christian. You would not be if you went with that mentality. But the reality is, is I can't help people that when it when something bad happens, the first thing is like, well, how does it affect me? <laughs> it's like, don't don't you want to care about society? Nope, not at all. How does it affect? I can't get buffalo wings at a sports bar and watch a game. How dare you violate my rights? Yeah, that's the world we live in. Get vaccinated, please. Get vaccinated. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. Uh, I'm a prophet. I'll come back to that in a second. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Of course, we'll spotlight Stein and uh, Dr. Joe. You'll be able to listen to those on demand as you... So desire, you can find those all at, wherever podcasting is your gig. Enjoy. Bon appetit. Listen to me while you're in the shower. Hi. Oh, you missed a spot. You need a loofah. You know, it, it is, it, those loofahs are helpful, man. I get a bunch of Chicago people doing that too now. <laughs> yeah, Chicago, I need the loofah, you say. Okay, I can't do that accent. Coming kind of starting Monday. All right. Um, you remember yesterday we were talking about how god-awful every sports team in this town is right now outside of the Timberwolves? I mean, just how painful it is to be a Minnesota sports fan at this point. And we said, what? Well, watch us now start to get people saying, no, we need a new stadium. Remember that? That was yesterday. Remember that on the show? We were laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Chortles of laughter. Remember that? You're telling me someone really wants a new stadium right now? The Minnesota Wild officials are continuing to lay the groundwork to seek state aid for a major renovation of XL Energy Center that could cost upwards of $300 million. They couldn't time that any better when the team's in last place. (laughs) Oh, God. DFL State Senator Sandy Pappas, who chairs the Senate Capital Investment Committee, confirmed to Axios on Tuesday she recently met with Wild owner Craig Leopold and the top St. Paul official about the team's plans. Okay, his top St. Paul official, would that be Melvin Carter? I mean, it's you make it sound like it's some guy in a dark room. It, uh, it would be a shame if something happened to Yuri Serena. <laughs> it's, I, I'm sure is is Melvin Carter or one of his 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 uh, you know deputies there. The conversation first reported by KSTP followed an October meeting of team officials, Governor Walls and St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter. 
The preliminary talks set the stage for a debate on whether and to what extent the state should subsidize renovations for a 23-year-old arena that was built using more than $130 million in state and local funding. But again, built for $130 million. The old the St. Paul Civic Center, which, by the way, the, the old sombrero over there, because there was – if you were on ice level, if you were in the corners, you could not see the ice. They, they were the seats were lower than the arena wall. You had to almost stand. You couldn't see anything. You had to watch the the, the jumbotron there. Do you do you ever sit at the old St. Paul Civic Center? Uh, uh not in a long time. I do remember that though. I hated that arena. Trying to watch gosh. a game there. It was it, it was like designed for rodeo, and they decided to put an ice arena in it. It was god awful. Those weird clear, wow. Well, Plexiglass on the boards, too. Yeah, yeah. those were odd. Everything was kind of odd about that arena. Looking up at the game. Like it's the, like you're in the barn. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Uh, the preliminary sets, uh, so it's $130 million they built it for. They're looking for $300 million now. Welcome to inflation. Pappas, who represents downtown St. Paul and team officials, haven't said how much the total price tag estimated to be 200 to $300 million they'd seek from the state. They're in compet- competition with other local arenas that are newer the St. Paul Democrat said of the pitch of the venue, which also hosts concerts and other events, they want to keep up with the amenities and fans are interested in having. I will say this X is actually a really solid music venue. They actually, I don't know who designed it, but it actually holds music really well. I think it's better than Target, uh, Target Center. Nothing at Target. Target Center is not bad. I've been in some arenas. Usually it's like those old style arenas from like the 1940s and they're all concrete and they'll try – you could play a guitar at full blast and you're just going to – you know, one of those things. God, yeah, some there are some bad arenas out there. We got good ones here. I think X is a little bit better than Target Field, uh, Target Center rather. Um, they're in competition with other arenas there, so they, they want to keep up with the amenities fans are interested in having. <laughs> that Okay, wait a second. Stop for a second. Stop, stop. You mean the $300 tickets that every one of us can, oh, I don't know if, okay, most people can't afford to go to your games. So just, can you do us a favor? Stop with the every man kind of, everybody's going to enjoy this. Yeah, as long as you can buy and afford a a box seat, you know, yeah, this is just quality upgrades. You know, unless you're going to start having a $1 at the gate seating area, you're not going to have seating areas for the. You know, this, is, this is just for the wealthy people that can afford to go to it. The rest of us, the only thing, the only consolation prize we get is that they'll air the t- games on TV, and that's on that. That's the deal. Uh, the new seating options, new bathrooms, better back of house facilities. She said that's uh, what she's looking for. Redevelopment of the surrounding area, including a parking ramp, new space for restaurants. Where are you going to put a parking ramp? I guess I guess off of Seventh you could put one, right across the street. Uh, you know, so you know where you know where uh, like Cassettes is. You go down a little bit, go down towards the downtown a little bit, maybe over there. I don't go to that many wild games. But correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember parking being that big of an issue. It's not really because because you can you can park. I mean, to get to that one door on the back side of the Ordway, you can go park over. What's that one place where there's the there's a where's a little park? There's a little you know. Oh God, I can't remember right now. Haven't been over there for a while for it. But you, you can walk. You can park in the old yeah. the old St. Paul um, Macy's. I think it is over there. The old St. Paul Macy's. There's a parking ramp there, and you can just hike the six blocks down, and you can get right in. It's a piece of cake, and it's actually pretty cheap. 
So, yeah, I don't know if it's a real big problem there. Uh, while which recently hired a former state agency head as a lobbyist. Thank God. Heaven forbid you use that money to get, I don't know, players. Damn it. I heard he's a good emergency goal. Yeah, uh, is, 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 is he on the fourth line? Is, is he out there? <laughs> It'd be great if that was our lobbyist. Is this this massive mountain of a man with like three teeth missing? You know, just like bruises on his face. Let me tell you about the benefits of the expanded bathroom area. <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. Um, me, a spokesperson for Car- uh, Carter said the mayor has begun engaging state leaders along the team to ensure the arena is well positioned, maintaining a vibrant cultural hub, welcomes millions of visitors to our cities for decades to come. Whether um, while neither the precise scope or cost of the comprehensive update has been finalized, is expected to be significant. Similar projects in this scale often reach hundreds of millions of dollars. It's unclear whether the team will seek a next session, given that the plans still appeal to be in the early stages, inclusion in the – you might want to ask now because it's only a matter of time. Target Center, they want, they want upgrades there too. And so it, it, the, the, the U.S. Bank Stadium is in constant repair because apparently they didn't – you know, what do you mean? You have to screw all this stuff together? You know <laughs> – Yes, you do. You do. You need to. You need to fasten it all together. How would you guys not know this? It's like half that building. Has it ever been finished? It's always under construction, isn't it? Yeah, they always have something. Oh, we gotta close this part for maintenance. Oh God! Can I say this? This is why I love Mariucci. Mariucci is that's that's why I like Mariucci Arena. It's an old school arena. It's a good school. It has good sight lines. It's it's concrete. It's just it's it would it would be probably the the I gotta imagine it still is probably the cheapest arena we still have in use in the metro. It's gotta be. You talking ticket prices or like the just actual the building. price of building? It's, it's right? gotta be the barn or Mariucci. Yeah. It's gotta be barn or Mariucci because I mean United United Stadium was pretty cheap, but I gotta believe Mariucci back when they built it was cheaper than the United Field. Oh, and they same, built that ninety three, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah so and the same thing with the the barn. The barn's got to be dirt cheap. I gotta, I gotta bet you that the Mariucci is the cheapest arena we have, and it still is a solid arena. When was the last time you had a gopher game? Uh, maybe three years ago oh, for gopher hockey. Yeah, love gopher hockey. I'd like to see the they remodeled it with the smaller ice now, which probably didn't cost quite as much as it's going to cost to remodel the X. Yeah. <laughs> Those bathrooms are going to be special. <laughs> the idea of using bonding dollars to pay for reservations got an icy reception from Republicans whose votes are needed to approve the borrowing package. Uh, Minnesota loves the wild. We're here for the state of hockey. So it's not that we don't want hockey in the state, said House Minority Nolan West. It's just that it is an appropriate use of bonding dollars for a private entity. Building XL, which is owned by St. Paul and operating the wild's parent company, was seen as a key of attracting the NHL expansion team back when the Narstars left. The venue was in the middle of the pack for both age and rankings of the best NHL readers per MinPost. They had a story on that as well. Uh, they once again, so yeah, you get, and then of course the T wolves, they, the target center, they want to put some work in there. I, I'm sorry. It just is you know, for what, for a, for a crap team that no one in town can afford to go see, because that has to be part of the equation. You can't keep coming to us hat in hand, looking at us and saying, you know what, you know, think about all the kids that get into these games. Yeah. The wealthy people's kids, they get into the games. The poor kids don't get into the game. 
They don't. And you acting as if it's benevolent of you that the games are broadcast on television while you have this massive monument to wealth sitting there that most people can't get in doesn't do us any good. So don't tell us about the People Stadium. It's not the People Stadium. It's the wealthy People Stadium. Don't tell us about how everyone loves going there. Most people can't afford to go there. What are you talking about? I, you know, once again, I, I'll bring up the story of this a few years ago. I had friends coming in from Ireland. I was going to try to take them to a hockey game. I went to look for seats. Over the, the holiday break there, the cheapest seats I could find were crap seats way up in the upper deck, and they were like 250 each. It was $1,500 to go take six people to a, a freaking wild game against a bad team, and the team wasn't that good. And they wonder, it would have been, like I said, nosebleed seats. So just stop. This is about basically wealthy people being able to go see a game and that, you know, we're, we're, we're benevolent enough to you that you can, you can watch it on TV. Come on. That's not, that's not a people stadium. And frankly, I don't think any taxpayer dollar, we should stop sending them taxpayer dollars. Because of of the fact that the vast majority of the taxpayers can't get any value out of this. And considering that – and I got to tell you something, and this is one thing that hasn't been talked about that much. But cable TV is dying, okay? Cable TV is dying. We saw a little bit of what's coming up with the MLS, with soccer, when they took their games to Apple TV. So just to be able to watch the games, you had to have an Apple TV subscription, but then you actually had to have the super-duper subscription to get the, the Major League Soccer games. Come on, I'm, not gonna, I'm just not going to watch the games. I mean, it's just, if this is where this is all going, I mean, you got NFL games on Prime and Amazon. You, Yahoo, or, uh, YouTube's got the, uh, the NFL ticket package that's on there. You know, I can see where baseball is going. At least baseball has the Major League Baseball channel. They'll probably have some games there. But it's. I think you're getting to a point where even watching the games is going to be something only for wealthy people. So what value does anyone get in this town from a team anymore if you can't watch them on TV because it's on a you know a streaming service you have to pay extra for, or you can't get into the game the, the, the stadiums because it's too expensive. You know, it's, you know, hey, I love radio like the next guy, but that is that really the consolation prize? You know, give us a give us a ton of money and we'll let you listen to the radio broadcast of it. That's even if they do a radio broadcast. A lot of people are doing or some teams are doing streaming now of radio, which you got to pay for. You got to pay for the stream. Yeah, this is a mess. Yeah. This is a mess, and it's not going to get cleaned up anytime quickly. Uh, a Oh, boy, really? I can't believe it. Another case, you say. Story coming up here in just a moment. Let's take a break. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Well, here's another one. A recently filed lawsuit claims a 56-year-old man was waiting for the bus not protesting the police murder of George Floyd when a Minneapolis cop just decided to file a projectile at him from the third precinct roof, leaving him injured. Is anyone surprised by that? We all remember the footage, don't we? Of cops just looking point blank at people and just without – they're just chanting and they're just firing rounds right into their chest. We got Jaleel Stallings, that whole case. 
a case where the Minneapolis police went out hunting the citizens of Minneapolis. Anyone surprised by this? I'm not surprised by this. Not surprised by this at all. And one of the truth is, considering the track record here, I have a feeling this guy is telling the truth. Um, more than three years later, Abdi Adan Adam struggles with vision problems in his right eye and bears a suspicious dent on his head. Yikes. The math tutor living in Minneapolis said he had the lawsuit that his injuries are akin to the government-sponsored brutality he had sought refuge from in his country when he fleed Somalia. Hey, there's there's a there's a sign of that how, how things uh, far things fell with the Minneapolis police. And it's it just like being in Somalia. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Hey, I know that that was a while back, and they're trying to clean things up. But once again, wow. Someone from Somalia says, "You know what this reminds me of? Somalia." Attorney Paul Applebaum filed a lawsuit last week in Hennepin County District Court, but the case is since moved to Minnesota's federal district court. It seeks more than $1.5 million in damages from Minneapolis for violating Adams Adams civil rights for excessive unlawful use of force. The city of Minneapolis Police Department and eight unnamed officers are listed as defendants. Boy, I, I kind of would, would, would like to know the names of those officers because they're costing us a lot of money. Have they been reprimanded at all? Have they? Minneapolis has paid millions of dollars to settle claims of police brutality and or police misconduct in the aftermath of Floyd's murder on May 5th of 2020. The day before protesters sent the third precinct up in flames, Adam, now 59, was the vicinity of Minnehaha Avenue and Lake Street, attempting to catch a bus home when he was struck, according to a lawsuit. Applebaum, in a statement, said Adam was committing no crime and utterly compliant. When the Minneapolis Police Department officer did a was a grotesque use of unwarranted deadly force, unfortunately, this episode was just the, another example of decades of abuse by the MPD against the citizens of Minneapolis. According to the lawsuit, Adam was outside the precinct around dusk when the scene was calm. At the time, there was no order to disperse or cur- curfew announced. Suddenly and without warning and provocation, Officer John Doe 1 fired a rubber bullet or a 40-millimeter impact projectile from the roof of the 3rd Precinct, striking Mr. Adam in the forehead. Once again, guy waiting at a bus stop, and he basically shoots him right in the head. Just like Somalia, you say. No officials rendered aid to Adam. Instead, protesters took him to the hospital. (sighs) So wait a second here. You open fire on the dude, hit him. And at no point you say, well, maybe we go, Shiv, he's okay. Like I said, like Somalia. Tells you how far that third precinct and every officer in that place was working. I mean, seriously. Just, it's making me mad. He suffered a concussion, emotional trauma, and medical bills, obviously. MPD and city officials said they supported peaceful protests, but at the same time, police commanders and supervisors were authorizing indiscriminate and unreasonable use of weapons against civilians. See the Jaleel Stallings case. We have talked about that one ad nauseum. See Jaleel Stallings. They went on a hunting expedition. Citing MPD policy, officers are forbidden from deploying 40-millimeter projectiles for crowd control purposes. Further supervisors are required to respond anytime one is used. Neither one of those was applied this time. I was scared on the top of the third precinct at the guy waiting at the bus stop that I shot that there was no real immediate threat to, and I basically didn't send anyone down to try to help him. (sighs) 
Minneapolis officers, the policy of uh, they violated MPD policy by not filing a use of force report. Had the report been filed, the identity of the shooter and witnesses, officers would be known. The officers involved also had on body worn cameras. That video should have been included in the report. Instead, supervisors turned a blind eye and failed to hold officers accountable. The lawsuit claims such matters ensures the blue wall of silence remains intact. Well, because they're not paying for this. <laughs> they're not paying for this. No, it's the taxpayers of Minneapolis-St. Paul because none of these guys live – or very few of these guys live in Minneapolis-St. Paul. They, they they don't care. They don't care. They basically get a they get a get-out-of-jail-free card because they're a Minneapolis cop and it just happens in the city of Minneapolis. And then they laugh and laugh and laugh at basically all the money that the city has to pay out to all their victims. Unbelievable. <sighs> In the findings released this summer, the U.S. Department of Justice determined the MPD routinely used excessive force. Yay, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Fails to render aid to people whom they just used force on. Okay. And its inadequate review system contributes to a pattern of unlawful use of excessive force. Applebaum referenced several other cases, civilians suffering injuries by the MPD during the unrest, including Jaleel Stallings last year, Minneapolis and Stallings. Paid Stallings $1.5 million in federal lawsuit asking against the city uh, and MPD for shooting with a rubber bullet. When he returned fire on the unmarked van that they'd never announced themselves from, they realized their police officers who was beaten despite his immediate surrender. Uh, $2.4 million to Soren Stevenson, who lost an eye when he was struck by a 40-millimeter projectile while standing with a group of other protesters on a closed ramp near 35W. $1.8 million to two women who say police shot them in the face with projectiles where they peacefully protested. 600000 to freelance journalist Linda Torado, who is blinded in one eye by a police projectile and Floyd's killing. Five hundred. They're aiming for the heads, by the way. If you didn't catch us, that was their tactic. They aim for the heads. 500 because they can turn they can turn a rubber bullet into a freaking something lethal if they aim for the head. 500,000 to Jamie Buck, uh, Bunkholt, a photographer from Atlanta who alleged an officer fired a rubber bullet from the roof, third precinct that hit him in the back of the head. 50, 57,900 to uh, Garcia Cineros, who suffered an eye injury, and 32,314 to Erica uh, Cloudath, who claimed PD yanked her from her car at gunpoint and pushed her onto the pavement. But hey, yeah. Don't tell me it happened again. Uh, Native Roots Radio, I'm awake. That's coming up next. Have a good one. We were back on a Thursday. Till then, see ya.